Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Courtney Throne, Devin Blackstone, Israel Gutierrez, Clinton Yates. Deadline day for the Giants and Saquon Barkley. What does it mean? And what does Joel Embiid mean when he says he wants the championship in Philly or anywhere else? Let's go around the horn. I think he means there's like 31 other teams in the league that he could play for and maybe win a championship with. How many teams in the league? Oh, yeah. Which one? 32. 31 more. No long-term deal, and at the moment, no franchise tag signed. It appears Saquon Barkley and the New York Giants are not on the same page. Maybe not reading from the same book. Today's deadline came and went one hour ago, and it means the only deal he can play on this year is the franchise tag. $10 million, a little bit more, for the season, but nothing guaranteed beyond that. Barkley could hold out, could sign the tag, and... Demand a trade, maybe? Anything's possible, I guess. So around the horn we go to our NFL reporter, Courtney Cronin. Where are we now? Where are the Giants now? Where is Saquon Barkley now? Well, he was trying to throw a Hail Mary by adding CAA to his contract negotiation team, along with his longtime representation, Rock Nation, that clearly didn't get him any closer to the long-term deal that he was seeking. So the option is, can he... He can either hold out all season or show up and sign the tag. I don't think he shows up for training camp. I think he does play this season, though. Some curious timing on the comments that came out from former Pittsburgh running back Le'Veon Bell the other day, talking about the regret that he had in not signing that franchise tag and staying with the Steelers. We know what happened from then on. He goes to the Jets. He makes less money per year on average with uh, with the Jets than he would have on his Pittsburgh deal, and he made $10 million less in guarantees than Todd Gurley did. He wanted to reset the running back market he didn't I think that Saquon Barkley is smart enough to know that history very well could repeat itself if he were to set out this year Kevin Blackstone well this is problematic because if there's one thing the Giants know and all the NFL knows is that the Giants are a significantly better team with Saquon Barkley than without and Daniel Jones in particular as a quarterback his quarterback rating is 91.4 with Saquon Barkley 77.3 without Saquon Barkley so this is a big big gamble on the part of the New York Giants not one that I think that they should have taken I think they even owe Saquon Barkley a better deal given that he came back so ferociously from a horrific injury that really flattened that team for a season and he's proven his worth to that team and I think sometimes you that's the kind of value that you should have in a player mm-hmm. so you're thinking they're biting off the nose despite their face type absolutely uh, speaking of flattening we're flattening your score just a little bit for a bad word in that answer is there a Gutierrez I turn to you now the position the Giants are in 30 to 30 NBA team. Sorry about that. Uh, No, look, I think when this New York Giants team ended last season, there was this sort of good feelings around them, obviously, making the playoffs and everything else. And there's this idea, hey, we can win with that duo of Saquon and Daniel Jones. But then when you get to the negotiation parts and you get to this part of the season, you realize, 
oh, we don't have to pay Saquon Barkley at the, all that. We talked about the, the running back market and what it's actually what it actually is. And yeah, there are other players, other running backs out there that still don't have a job. Ezekiel Elliott's not on a team. Dalvin Cook's not on a team. Tony Pollard had to take the franchise tag. So you look at the Giants and you're saying, yeah, he means a lot to that team. But, you know, he had 32 t- uh, rushes of 10 plus yards. You know who had 27 rushes of 10 plus yards? Daniel Jones did. So that's the guy who gets paid for throwing it as well. So it's just not that high of a value. And, you know, after a certain point, you just have to deal with the numbers and you just have to, you know, do what's right for your business. And the business is not paying running backs uh, a whole lot of money or committing to them for a long period of time. And Clinton Yates. Exactly. It feels like Le'Veon Bell was the old warhorse in the fight for the integrity of running backs in terms of the money that they make in this league. It is never going to be quarterback money, at least in our generation, in terms of what they get. Josh Jacobs led the league in running last year for the Raiders, and the guy got franchise tagged as well. This is simply how this goes. So you feel bad. But KB, that injury that you referred to, whilst he came back from it and it was a noble effort as an athlete, is also a reason to say, yeah, maybe we don't want a long-term deal on a running back who runs that much and we need. So it's an unfortunate double-edged sword in terms of how running backs are looked at in this league and in this day. Kevin Black. And that's exactly why he should consider holding out because you only have your health in this league. As you know, for so long, the running back position is the most injured, shortest career in the NFL. Right. And you have to look out for so your So that would mean hold out to prove a point, then maybe he, he can't just demand the trade. He has to sign the franchise and then he theoretically would demand the trade. Kevin, in your mind? Well, that's what that's what I would do, um, you know, unless you just want to prove your worth by missing what a little over half a million dollars per uh, per weekend uh, by not playing, which is a lot of. Dope. And Courtney Cronin, I'll give you the last word on this. So to Clinton's point about Josh Jacobs, he too needs to be talked about in all of this. Three 1,000-yard seasons in four tries. He's 25 years old. He hasn't had the injury history that Saquon Barkley has, and they have more quarterback uncertainty, potentially with Jimmy Garoppolo in Las Vegas. So if there's any example that you can use here to say this guy absolutely should have the long-term deal, it's Josh Jacobs, yet we're not talking about it enough. We move now to the news of the weekend. Carlos Alcaraz's moment at top the mountain at 20. His first Wimbledon. Fifth set, second game. Jokovic believed he missed the smash. Can't believe it. A bit later, taking the frustration out on the wood. Whilst that was happening, to use your word, Clinton Yates, I heard that before, everything from Alcaraz was a masterpiece, and that's how quick it came. Carlos Alcaraz's moment, his dream, first person to beat Djokovic at Wimbledon five years. It was an epic match. Was it a transformative match, Yates, on yesterday? And I think it, the big news for Alcaraz. I think it was to a degree. Now, let's think about this. Unforced errors, slightly even. Second points won, slightly even. But forehand winners, Alcaraz dominated. And just watching that game, that match, it appeared as if Novak was simply outmatched. He was out physical, he was outsmarted, and he lost a psychological battle as well. He was on his butt three or four times, literally on the court. He kept getting beat on the forehand. And when he smashed his racket into the net, he injured his wrist as well. A literal, you know, self-inflicted wound yeah. from a guy that very rarely loses there. To see Alcaraz stay in the moment and stay on that level of tennis to me was something that, as even having seen him play in New York, when he won that U.S. Open, I, was, I could not believe how well he handled that entire thing, and he deserved to win. Mm-hmm. Israel Gutierrez, was this a transformative moment in tennis? 
Well, it's a continuation of something that's been happening. You mentioned the U.S. Open, him winning that. And this one, at 20 years old, he is showing not that he is at the level of Djokovic, that he has surpassed him slightly. And that at 20 years old, he is going to be this next great tennis star. And this is the way it was going to happen, right? You weren't going to get somebody that just worked his way up and peaked at 27 and finally broke through and beat Djokovic. No, it was going to be a young guy who was doing this, who has everything in his game, who can get to every ball and then return it with whatever shot he wants. And you're looking at a more physical version of Novak Djokovic right back at you here and him doing it to Djokovic on center court where he hasn't lost since 2013. Yeah, it's a continuation of, of, of Alcaraz coming up as the next great, uh, the current rather, great tennis player. He might get 20 more of these before it's said and done. Kevin Blackstone, got to give you some points right now. You picked Alcaraz over Djokovic on Friday. There's your bonus. What did we Thank just witness? Well, you just witnessed one of the great displays in the history of Wimbledon, the third longest uh, match between uh, men and a guy beating a guy who's a 23-time uh, champion. I mean, that was an amazing display. And not only that, I felt watching that first set that I was like, oh, this is going to end. This could end so badly for Alcaraz. He's down 6-1, and then he just storms back and takes control of this with all of his athleticism, those beautiful drop shots that caught uh, Djokovic, Djokovic off, um, uh, off kilter at times. Um, he, he, was, he was masterful. And then to see him show the enthusiasm and joy, the smile that he had on his face, knowing what he was, he was about to accomplish. So is this transformational? No, but it gives us a budding right rivalry right now. Can't wait for the U.S. Okay. Open. It's not going to last that long, right, because Djokovic's career is is going to come to an end in the next few years. Whoa, but if, if you say so. I mean, he had won the last five years. They had first loss in five years, Kevin, at Wimbledon. Courtney Cronin, was this transformative for tennis? Absolutely. Djokovic hadn't lost at Wimbledon in 2,195 days in this whole David and Goliath matchup that you look at between the old, old, 36 years old Djokovic and 20 year old Alcaraz. This is what tennis needed. Tennis was becoming too predictable in the men's game. And that's not taking anything away from Djokovic. I said, I took him versus the field. So if you want to dock me some points for that, go oh, for it. Oh, thank you very much. Yes, thank you very much. He was going for his 24th Grand Slam. The fact is, now we have a real rivalry that we can look at not just for like the next couple of years but probably for the next like six seven years Djokovic has shown no no signs of slowing down at 36 years old I think this is one that we're gonna end up seeing again at the U.S. Open next month and if Alcaraz gets Djokovic again then watch out because this is becoming way more not as much not as one-sided as it's appeared at least in this last Israel Gutierrez stretch. back in I love Alcaraz crediting Martina Navratilova for giving him some advice to maybe slice a little bit more and him just talking about it afterward. And I can't believe it. It worked. Thank you so much for the advice, sort of bringing together the generations there. It was just a, a great moment. It can't be less work. Well, that's what I'm saying, what Courtney just said. That this is a rivalry we're going to have for the next few years. No Serena. Federer's gone. Nadal is hurt. This is, to me, Al Alcaraz taking Nadal's place right now, the Spaniard for the Spaniard. Not it's a great I, 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 I Right. I just couldn't believe that he actually had the crowd. These humans have seen Novak do it a ton of times, and they were still more interested in seeing the young man from Spain, and he did it. What you know what I found out? I'm not happy or proud. There's a king of Spain? I didn't know that. There's a king of Spain. The king of Spain was there yesterday. No crown, though. All right, we'll be back. Fire cell next.
Around the Horn is presented by Corona. Please drink responsibly. Part of Happy Hour. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. NBA had gone about three days without any drama, so here we go. Joel Embiid's comments to Maverick Carter during Uninterrupted Film Festival in L.A. I just want to win a championship. Um, you know, whatever it takes. I don't know where that's going to be, whether it's in Philly or you know, anywhere else. Philly or anywhere else, Israel Gutierrez. What does that mean? It means Philly fans should be a little nervous. I mean, look, you look around the league and see Joel Embiid. He's the MVP. Damian Lillard, does he want to play with the MVP? Reportedly, no. He wants to play in Miami. And just go look at the list of things that Joel Embiid has been through as a member of the Philadelphia 76ers. He has been loyal to this franchise. But now you've got James Harden on your squad, and he might not want to be there again. So you're talking about a new coach, potentially a new star teammate again for Joel Embiid. If I were him, I'd be getting a little tired of it and wanting to ask out soon. Kevin Blackstone. Yeah, but you're talking about a new coach in Nick Nurse that Joel Embiid supposedly interviewed in the offseason and gave his approval to, a guy who he kind of likes to think he could play for. So you've got that in play. And James Harden's not going anywhere because the baggage that he brings with him and the cost he would be to another team to make a deal is probably too great. Really? Everybody's Wait a second. Hold on. We, we say that about every – oh, this is an untradeable contract. Oh, there's right. no way they could ever be – everybody gets dealt in the NBA if they want to. Do you hear a player, the reigning MVP, beginning to open a door to leave Philadelphia, Kevin? Well, he's got a couple more years left on an extension that they just gave him in 2021. He just had a great year. They won 54 games. They were better than they've ever been. MVP kind of guy. I mean, why would you want to lose, lose? I'm not hearing an answer to the question. Courtney Cronin, did you hear an MVP just crack open a door about maybe moving on? 
No, I didn't. I'm selling that Joel Embiid might be bailing on the process. He doesn't have his eye on the exit. He's just looking at himself as a big man at this point of his career, coming off of an MVP and realizing the window is finite to win a championship. So this is not him trying to put out the idea that he wants to go anywhere other than Philadelphia. He's been through a ton with this franchise. This team is not better, though, if, jo if James Harden is not on the roster with, J with Joel Embiid. So to me, this is a message to the front office. Get something done with James Harden. Comes off a season where he led the league in assists because those two had a nice correlation factor in Joel Embiid winning the MVP last year. They don't have time to punt on this season. That's how I read it. Yates. I'm stunned that Izzy didn't offer up Tyler Hero for Joel Embiid straight up <laughs> since we know that everybody wants to be a part of Heat culture. But overall, I think this is just a good look at the state of the NBA from a guy who's been around for a lot. A lot of other people mentioned it. He's seen every phase of franchise in the Sixers try to become a contender. And he was there, obviously, when Nick Nurse and the Raptors got by on a bounce in. And if he looks around and says, you know what, guys are going this way, guys are going that way, that's just what happens in the NBA now. So the door has been wide open. He just walked to the front and looked so over. You do the believe and said, that? Okay. There could be All right. time. Yeah. yeah. Israel believes that kind of. Kevin and Courtney don't. I, I would ask you to turn into Philadelphia Sports Radio right now and see what they think. We'll move on. Buyers sell too. American Century Celebrity Golf Championship. Steph Curry was cooking. He had a hole in one on Saturday. He had a walk off eagle for the win on Sunday. Clinton, I know you were locked into this. Buy yourself Steph here. Buy yourself Steph as a golfer, as good as he is a basketball player. And what does this do for his legendary status? <laughs> I'm going to buy Steph as simply a great American entertainer. Forget about basketball. <laughs> the hole-in-one was one thing. Takes a 150-yard dash straight down the field. The eagle was another. He runs over to his wife, Aisha, who's jumping up and down and hugs her. Dell's there. His son Kennedy's there. We don't get family moments like this in sports. That was the best one of the weekend. Israel Gutierrez. It's not even his sport, and he's giving you moment after moment after moment. When all the lights are on and people are watching, I think he's the greatest showman I've ever seen across sports. I mean, it's, it's basically the equivalent of what? Jordan Spieth having six threes and a quarter in an NBA game? Now, I understand world-class athletes translating from one sport to another, but it doesn't work the other way around. Uh, Kevin Blackstone? Oh, you got to love his enthusiasm. The same enthusiasm he brings to the NBA court he just brought, brought to the links. That was fantastic to see. The hole-in-ones, those happen from time to time, the theory of big numbers. But the eagle to close it out, that's the stamp of approval that he just put on golf. Great golf. Looking like somebody who shoots routinely over 90% from the free throw line. It's just awesome stuff. And golf means a lot to Stephen Curry. This isn't just some hobby that he dabbles in from time to time. He got the PGA's Ambassador of Golf Award recently. And that hasn't been given out to a non-PGA athlete since the 1980s. He's a great ambassador for the sport. I just get irritated because I want to do something like that on the golf course. He's still because I'm an amateur just like him. Happened, though. There's a history of this stuff. And it was always... The kicker, Al Del Greco winning, or, or the pitcher, Rick Roden. It was never like an all-time, all-time great player in another, another sport. Amazing. One more story here. Tyreek Hill on his podcast, it needed to be said, saying he'll have a 2,000-yard receiving yard season and a Super Bowl this year. Courtney Byersell. 
not buying the Super Bowl just yet. They might not even be the best team in their division, but I'm buying he could get close to 2,000 yards. We know Calvin Johnson holds the record, 1,964 yards. Tyreek Hill was on pace to get there last year and then slowed down towards the end of the season. If he stays true to his word, he'll have this season and two more to get close or beat 2,000 receiving yards as he says he's, re he's going to retire after his 10th season. Kevin Blackstone. Oh, yeah, he can get there. I mean, Cooper Cup, we just saw him do it 17-10 for him last year. But it's not all up to him. We know that all eyes are on the health of Tua this year at quarterback. If Tua can stay upright, and we certainly hope that he does, then the possibility is there. If not, don't see it. Yeah, Courtney said it. it uh, he was on pace. And why wasn't? Why did he fall off a of pace? It was because of Tua Tungavailoa's injuries. It wasn't because Tyreek didn't have a, a great year. And so, yeah, not only can he do it, He's going to do it there. It needed to be said. Ah, yes. There's the guarantee from our South Florida reporter, Clinton Yates. I'm selling what he said. I'm also selling the name of this podcast because this did not need to be said. It'd be one thing if he pointed out that the Dolphins <laughs> overall are going to make a Super Bowl run and this was how they were going to do it. Instead, he's talking about what he's going to do because he believes he's the guy. And, oh, yeah, by the way, they'll win the Super Bowl. Come on. I get to you know what it is? <laughs> it's Podcasting 101. He did a good job getting his show and his name out there. That's what he did. One thing needs to be said, this is the 17-game season, right? So 2,000 yards isn't what 2,000 yards could have been when it was Johnson or Rice before him. Thank you, Kevin Blackstone, Corey Cronin, Yates, Gutierrez, showdown. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Around the Horn is presented by Corona. Please drink responsibly. Part of happy hour. Clint Yates, Israel Gutierrez, tighten up. It showed out. DeAndre Hopkins' decision to tighten up, to go to Tennessee when he had his pick of any team in the National Football League. He said he wanted to play with a contender and with a quarterback, Clinton. How game-changing is this decision for Tennessee? Not, not very much. I mean, even the Tennessee Titans don't necessarily even know who their QB is. I think he went to the team where he knows the most people, and he was going to be able to get the most money, which is smart mm -hmm. for the stage of his career. Israel? Well, he said he wanted to play for contender. Did he say this year? Because it doesn't feel like the Titans are going to contend. I do think he's going to get his numbers up, though, because their leading receiver last year was Robert Woods with 520-something, and he's not on the team anymore. They could have had A.J. Brown a few years ago. Does he go the same route as Randy Moss and Julio Jones as Andre Johnson, stat-wise? Because that didn't go up for them. We'll split the point. We'll move on. Showdown 2. Two wow performances from All-Star Weekend. Jewel Lloyd 31. The scoring record in the All-Star game. 
as the MVP. But we're still wowing over the day before Sabrina Ionescu in the three. She hit 25 of 27 shots. Yes, we're going to show them all super fast because this is just incredible. Israel, what's the takeaway from All-Star Weekend? I mean, to me, it's Ionescu kicking off the weekend like that. When you've got Steph Curry tweeting about you and saying he wants to challenge you in a three-point shooting contest, that's a huge deal. Mm -hmm. Clinton Yates. Not only did she hit 25 of 27 and got Steph coming off the golf course making, making points about her, she made 20 in a row. We can't do 20 in a row of anything, anybody in this room, in order to win something. And she managed to nail that. Clinton Yates threw 20 seconds in a row here for FaceTime. The Women's World Cup begins this week down in Australia and New Zealand, and I know that everybody's focused on the U.S. Women's National Team potentially getting three in a row, but the exciting part about this tournament is that it has expanded. There are more teams and there are eight first-timers. I don't want to get this wrong. Haiti, Morocco, Panama, the Philippines, Portugal, Republic of Ireland, Vietnam, and Zambia. This experience for all of these young ladies who get to do something new on the larger stage is going to be fantastic to watch. It ain't just us versus the world. The whole globe is going to be there. So close. Thank you, Clint Yates. That's it for today, 23 and a half hour break. See you tomorrow around the horn.